Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us here at We Watched a Thing. As usual, I'm Topher. As usual, I'm here with... Billy! How are you, mate? I'm great. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. What have you been up to? Watching stuff. Yeah, watched anything good apart from what we're going to talk about? I'm up to A New Hope in my... Oh, so still kicking through those. Yeah, in getting in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker. <gasps> did you get a trailer for Rise of Skywalker? I did, but you know what? I was I was I was so annoyed at myself because I, I as I said last week, I still haven't seen one. Although I said that last week and then Todd, who I, I mentioned was on a mandate with me, um, he was like, Yes, we did. <laughs> and I was like, Did we? <laughs> I don't remember seeing it. Same thing happened. I don't know whether maybe my brain is determined to not know anything about this movie because, yes, I did get a trailer and I couldn't tell you what happened. I was distracted by the guy in front of me on his friggin' phone and my sushi was in front of me. I was eating that as well. You should eat before the movie. That can't always happen with kids, mate. Sometimes you're in a rush. You just got to grab some sushi. It just it just happens sometimes. We both went to Knives Out yesterday. Yes. Different, screen- Ad- different screenings. Ad- same advanced cinema. screenings. Thank you, Dandy Cinemas. Um. And that's the first time I've seen the trailer for Rise of Skywalker in in the theatre. Right. Um, I was a bit emotional. Oh, really? Did you tear up? Oh, I mean, no, <laughs> but but there were feels. I'm really, really, really <laughs> excited, and we're we're gonna we're gonna catch up, but because we're going to a midnight session, we're gonna catch up and watch Force Awakens and Last Jedi before, aren't we? Yeah, I'm gonna love the shit out of that night. Yeah, that's gonna be great. We should get pizza or something. I we, bet- should get, we should get a big one. We're not getting a big one. We should get a big one. Make no. it last all night. No. I don't want to feel that bad going we'll talk. into the movie. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> um, speaking of Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson. Yes. Oh, it all ties together. Because this week we're talking about Knives Out, an American mystery film written, produced, and directed by Ryan Johnson. It stars Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna de Amas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Langford, Jaden Martell, and Christopher Plummer. What an enormous cast. All of them having the time of their life. And each one better than the last. <laughs> I think, like, these are some outstanding actors, and for some of these people, it might be my favourite role they've done. Let's, let's say this right now. There will be spoilers in this review. So, if you haven't yet seen the movie, stop listening to us now because- Go watch the movie. Go watch the movie. Because spoilers, because, it's great. Yeah. This is a movie I would recommend to absolutely everybody. So, go watch the movie if you haven't seen it. I find it interesting that it's described as a mystery film. I think I would probably- I don't know. Would you say it is primarily more of a mystery or a comedy? That's a good question, Billy. Is it just an exceptionally funny mystery film? Or is it a very mysterious, it a mysterious comedy? comedy? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've kind of um, spoiled a little bit here. We both loved this movie, didn't we? How could you not? I do, like uh, this is not the best film of the year, but it's the most fun you'll have. This is the most entertaining film of the year. Only thing that stops it from being the best is that, and this this isn't this isn't a bad thing at all. But entertainment is this film's number one priority. And so, on that grounds, nails it out of the park. The only reason it's not best of the best is because when you compare it to a film like Parasite, which is both entertaining and meaningful, this doesn't reach those heights. But f- good God, is it an entertaining film. And the first two people listed on the cast, 
both of whom, like, we knew that Chris Evans had, he did not dislike playing Steve Rogers, but he had, he'd had his fill. Yeah. We know that Daniel Craig has had his fill of, yes. of playing Bond. Even though he is going back again, isn't we he? We get one more next <laughs> year. Um, and it's like all the relief and joy of what they want to be doing is yeah. just being poured into these roles. This is far and away the most I've ever enjoyed Daniel Craig on screen. I think he is so fantastic in this role. He nails the accent. He nails the characterization. His comic timing is exceptional. And if the if the Academy would ever honour a film of this kind of more comedic genre- it would be hard-pressed to say that he shouldn't get a nomination for Best Supporting Actor because the way he plays it is so good. He's a delight. Yeah. He's an absolute delight. And, I mean, Chris Evans just having the time of his life. It's like I've heard him say, and I believe him, that he's he's enjoyed his run yeah. as Captain America. But it's like, which is like this- let me put it in alcohol terms for you. <laughs> Just for something different. It's the Paps Blue Ribbon of movie roles. <laughs> it's like he's been the the MCU and Steve Rogers is like it's a big it's a big fun time. He's been out on the back deck in the sunshine with with a white wine. Steve, Steve Rogers is the white wine. Yeah, and in the in the right setting, he's getting a lot of enjoyment from it. But eventually, you realise that really it's a bit too sweet and lacking complexity. Yeah. And so he's ditched it. Someone's given him. I mean, it's not. It's not earthy, but it's very. It's very fruitful. It's like a fruit Ford Pinot Noir, and he's just fucking luxuriating in it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fucking great. Yeah, no, I agree. And he's great at comedy. Like we saw him do comedy before he was Captain America in things like. It's going to sound stupid, but not another teen movie. He's fantastic in it, and you know. Captain America did great things for his profile, and I'm glad that he now has the name that he does so that he can do roles like this again, because he's great. Um, On the rest of the cast, I mean, let's talk, for example, Toni Collette. Toni Collette is an outstanding actress, and what she's doing in this does not, like, it doesn't touch the depths of acting she can do. She's fucking fantastic in this movie and what she's doing. You know, one thing she does in this, which she is- I think she might be unrivaled at this. Tony Collette is one of those people who, when I see her on screen, within seconds, you know who this person is. Oh, yeah. She's astonishing at it. Yeah. It's funny. You know, we, we've spoken quite a lot lately about, like, the movie star quality. You know, like, people like Brad Pitt or, you know, they're, they're movie stars. Tony Collette is this really interesting where she, she somehow is- the movie star, without drawing your attention away, like she is so good at embodying the characters that you can forget she's Tony Collette while still having that in- insane presence on screen. And obviously a friend of the podcast. As we, is, we all know each other. As is Catherine Langford. I went to high school with the Catherine Langford. Really? Was it, was it this one? Who's to say? Because she is one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. I cannot wait to hear her- with an actual Aussie accent, because she does an American accent so well, I've never heard her speak normal. (laughs) (laughs) I have also never heard her speak normal. Um, Everyone's just having so much fun. That's the thing. Christopher Plummer, like, he looks like he could run the 400 metres hurdles. There's so much energy in him in this film. 
We he could, can't. He's really old. <laughs> we could we could spend an entire half hour episode talking just about this cast. And the crazy thing about that is that a lot of them aren't even on screen that much, which really surprised me when I sat down in the movie. I was expecting more of an ensemble movie than what we got, because really, this is Ana de Armas' movie, and she's outstanding. We haven't even mentioned her yet. She's one of the best things about the movie. That's saying something in a movie that is this good with this good a cast. That's right. Like she has, she has less of the you know, completely joyful moments in the film because mm. invariably the person who has to carry the film is going to be a bit straighter. Yes, than she has to else. be the most grounded. And even then, I l- like the entire mechanic that, you know, really makes the film what it is the fact that she physically cannot lie. That's really hard to play straight. Like, that sounds like the most slap thing. It's goofy. Thing it's in goofy the world. stuff, yeah. And yet it, it, Really, really works, and she is a huge part of why that works. Yep, she was really good in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She's really good here. The ongoing gag that no one knows what country she's from <laughs> just kills me. Uh, the, which we uh, never get to the bottom of. No, and and I I feel like you could watch this movie again and again and notice different things every t- little touches. Like at the start, when the police are interviewing the family individually about. The birthday party. What a sequence. And every time one of them tells the story, they're next to him when he blows out the candles. It's just this little detail that is so nice. (laughs) The writing and the editing of that five to ten minute sequence, I'm not sure. Like, Ryan Johnson, take a bow. Yeah. We, we We talk a bunch about showing, not telling in cinema. This film does so much telling- but it's done with such style, so much humour, yeah. that who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the whole movie is basically telling. Oh, but I mean, it's- the, the entire last 20 minutes is Daniel Craig explaining the plot <laughs> of the movie. And yet it works so well. I loved the twists that this film took. This was a twistier film than I thought it was going to be from the outset. And when you physically see Christopher Plummer slit his own throat 30 minutes into the movie- That's confronting. Not only was it confronting, I did not see that. Did you see that coming? I Even up to that point where you knew there was the mix-up with the medication, I still thought somebody else had killed him up to that point. Oh, see, I think the beauty of that whole sequence is that, for me, yeah, I was completely convinced he was going to do it. Really? And that was the sadness of it. Yeah. Is that this it, that it was it that it was inescapable that this is where it was going? Right. I I still genuinely thought somebody else was going to do it up to that point. But even at that point, we're seeing that scene through Marta's eyes. Yes, and she's the one reliable narrator in the film because we know she cannot lie. And yet, the film I think does a good job of planting just the tiniest seed that. Don't go all in on her because early on, how many times when we very first meet her do people say she's one of us? <laughs> she's like family, uh, which could be taken to mean if she's one of them, she's a horrid individual. <laughs> that Well, that's one of my favourite ongoing gags of the movie. The fact that all of the family individually say to her, I thought you should have been at the funeral, but I was outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like It is so clear that they do not see her as one of them. Another nice little thing they planned, and God knows how many- I can't wait to watch the movie again, because who knows how many little things Johnson plants throughout the film. One quite obvious one, but also very fun one, is his mention of the prop knife. Yes. 
Yeah. Which, of course, will pay pretty big dividends. Yeah. And you see that coming at the end because of that setup. But it doesn't make it work any less. The way that Chris Evans plays it, when he just starts poking it in and out, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So well done. Such a great moment. And you don't care that the time it takes him to do that, they would have got to him and dragged him off by then. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Do not let what should be happening in the real world get in the way of this movie. Yeah. More on the cast, because I can't stop talking about him. <laughs> First time Frank Oz has been on screen yes. in forever. Yes. A long time. And nice little Star Wars tie-in. And he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- the entire cast is really good. Like, okay, here's here's how insanely good it is. I'm a massive rap for Michael Shannon. Yeah. I think he is genuine A-grade. I know what you're about to say, and I agree. If you cut Michael Shannon from this film, yeah. I would still just love it. Maybe no less than I do. Yeah, there are so many characters that, like, Michael Shannon, yeah, he, he re- and, and his son as well, <laughs> they could easily be cut. Neither of them really have that much to do with either the plot or even dialogue. They don't actually have that big a presence in the film. His son apparently was inspired by the keyboard warriors that went to work post-Last Jedi. <laughs> 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 Which is great. That is great. <laughs> what a delight that Danica McKellar gets mentioned twice in this movie. <laughs> like that doesn't need to be there. And I know, but I was just like, woo! She was one of your first crushes, was she not? The first. Yeah. Me, me and 90% of people <laughs> aged within a few years of me. We all collectively. <laughs> Anyone who was born when the Wonder Years when was the on. Wonder Years was on, <laughs> yeah. that's your first crush. <laughs> Period. End of story. Uh, for me, it was Alex Mack. <laughs> All right, I was too old to watch Alex Mack. So, <laughs> also fun little thing. Um, speaking of Michael Shannon and little Nazi kid, um, second time they've played father and son. Seriously, they were also father and son in Midnight Special. Let, let's move away from the cast because we, we could talk about the cast. No. For hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, I loved the score for this film. The score by Nathan Johnson in this film, I, I think it's nomination worthy. I think it's up there with the best scores of the year for me. Um, can we also talk about the cinematography? Mm, certainly. Take me there. Tell me your thoughts. So, Ryan Johnson tends to be pretty big on using quite wide lenses to shoot humans. Yeah. Now, it might not be necessarily completely my taste in in filming a person, but one of the things, a a good thing it adds in this film is that when you've got the camera that close to someone and it's, I mean, it's not distorting them, but it does exaggerate movement and everything, it adds an extra energy to this film, which a lot of it is, I mean, an awful lot of the film is just filming people talking to each other. Yeah. So it adds an extra kind of dynamic element to what could just be a pretty plain shot reverse shot. Yeah. I do think another interesting thing that it does visually is it's very clever with the way that it differentiates what is present and what is flashbacks because a lot of the film is flashback. It it never does that cheesy- you know, like, we don't go in sepia. We don't have a little when we cut back. Oh, what? <laughs> and yet it's it's visually very clear 
And I don't even know how to explain why. It does something. There was one scene, like in, like you said, it goes back and forth a lot. There was one scene and one scene only where it took me, where there came a point where I was like, oh, actually, I didn't realise I wasn't still in flashback. Okay. Which, given the amount of back and forth it does, it's actually stunning that that only happens once. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing my ringtone again. <laughs> so we're not having vagina. <laughs> we're, not, we're not having Maud say vagina <laughs> this week. Um, it's going to be my favourite bit of the entire movie, Daniel Craig being startled by an old lady and saying, sweet beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many great little subtle one-liners in this. Another line I You know, love- she's, she's younger than Christopher Plummer. Seriously? The, the mum. Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved that too, that nobody knew how old she yeah. was. <laughs> she was great. She really Just was. Just sitting there. <laughs> um, yeah, there were so many great little one-liners in this like that. Like, I love the scene when Ransom is telling the entire family to eat shit. Oh, my and God. And it's so easy to be distracted and, and laughing at how hilarious that is. But then after we cut away and you hear, I think it's Michael Shannon, yell out, I will not eat one iota of shit. <laughs> It's so funny because the family dynamic in this film works so well because nobody likes their families. (laughs) You know, um, my second daughter, if I had it my way, her middle name was going to be Ransom. I pushed pushed so hard for it. You pushed for Ransom. I really, really, really pushed for Ransom. Where was Ransom from? Uh, One of my favourite songwriters, the lead singer of the old 97s, Rhett Miller, who's- Real name is Stuart Miller, but his middle name is Ransom. And I just think it's such a cool name. Like, it's got such gravitas. Not as good as Hugh, is it? Well, it's a little better than Hugh. Anyone with the middle name (laughs) Hugh is pretty rad, (laughs) just quietly. And so, see, but I, I, we don't don't have a son. We had two, but I I pushed hard anyway. I wanted her to be Brienne Ransom, (laughs) but- the wife shot me down. She said it's not a real name. And so when that came up in this film, I gave her the biggest stare and she knew what I was staring about. You know what? All names are made up. Uh, whoa, you wrinkled my brain. <laughs> but yeah, while I'm talking about Ramula, check out the old 97s. Great band. Pet peeve I brought up with Ready or Not. Yeah. As soon as you leave the house, it becomes less interesting. I would say true again for this film, but we're talking a minor step down. Really? Okay. So, her and Ransom in the cafe, um, the car chase scene. Yeah. Look, 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 I I like it. I'm just saying it's not, for me, at the level of our main setting. Okay. I I enjoyed the whole movie. I The trailers I Let me say again. Let me say again. (laughs) Enjoyed it. (laughs) The trailers I had seen, I and maybe this is part of why you felt this way, I feel like I had been led to believe that the entire movie would be in the house. And like maybe in a single night. Yeah, I thought we were going for Clue. I thought this was going to be much more Clue than what we actually got. Um, that said, I was happy with the direction it took. I didn't I didn't mind the stuff with the, the ransom node. and The whole plot of that, I think, is, is really good still. Yeah, because I love the way that the plot- it, like, it, it never changes, but it, it evolves. Like, there's so many twists that happen in this film that no matter how many times you think you've figured out what is happening, there's always a little extra element to keep you kind of questioning a little bit. So, yeah, I, I was really happy with the way that it went. I mean, without that, if, if you're going to be entirely in the house, I, I think 
you're committing to a 90-minute film. Oh, if, if you're making a two-hour film, yeah. you, like, there comes a point where you kind of probably do have to do something else. Yeah. Happily, still under two hours, just- and I think what was the runtime? I know that. Well, session started at six fifteen. We were out by eight thirty. So, including trailers, I think you're talking a notch under two. Still, plenty of time to get some ice cream. Oh, I had ice cream. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> had sushi. Had popcorn. Had ice cream. Mate, it's two hours ten minutes. Well, you're full of shit. I'm telling you that over ten minutes of that is credits at the end of the movie. <laughs> Uh, can I tell you a, a, a somewhat movie-related story that happened straight afterwards? You sure can. All right. Did did some teenage girls throw a milkshake at you while you were singing The Cure? I did not get accosted by alpha girls. So what you're saying is this won't be the best story we've ever told on the podcast? Oh, no, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't involve Billy at a drive-thru, <laughs> it's not cracking the podium. Um we should do that one day. We should try work out what our best tangents on the show have been. We should do like a compile for like our three-year anniversary or something. Well, everyone loves navel gazing, so sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so after the movie, I was like, oh, I could, you know what? I could use another shirt or two for work. Yeah. So into that department store I went and I'm, I'm there looking at shirts and guy comes up to me, you know, can I help you? How's your day going? Oh, I was like, yeah, good. Just got out of a movie. Oh, what would you see? Knives out. Oh, was it good? I was like, it's really good. Yeah. And he goes, did you see Joker? And I went, yep, yep. Hoping that would be the end of it. <laughs> but he carried on and he was like, what did you think? I was like, oh, look, I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was good, not great. Um, he's like, oh, right, yeah. Did you see Endgame? And I was like, wow, it's true. <laughs> this is all people are watching now. It's, actually, it's come yeah. in, in, in my sample of one person. It's true that all people are seeing is- um, is comic book films, which I was kind of bummed about. And then there was further sadness when I realised how much these shirts cost. <laughs> and even though they were 30% off, I was like, I cannot justify spending that money on this shirt. So then- but, you know, like, then you're like, well, I don't want to lose the social capital in front of this person of being like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I can't afford that. <laughs> so how do I get out of this thing with- so Let me guess, you bought one shirt? I went to the change rooms. Hung them all up on the rack and bailed, but like looking around to see if he was going to see me. Like, why do I care? This guy was a fucking man child. I don't know that he'd ever shaved, but I'm like, oh, I don't want him to know. Well, th- this is going to sound really, um, this is going to sound, this is going to sound mean. I'm probably going to alienate some listeners, but you know, because we're coming up to the end of 2019, a lot of people are doing their like, you know, best of the, the decade type things. You know, when you see people have certain movies and you're like, yeah, you're- You're basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We both clearly very much enjoyed this I movie. mean, look, we could go on. What What are you scoring? We at? could go on. You'll have as much fun watching this film as the people in- Like, you reckon Jamie Lee Curtis had fun coming back to Halloween? Fuck that. <laughs> this is how much fun Jamie Lee Curtis can have. <laughs> now, like you said, this film, as much pure entertainment as, as you're having- Yes. Ultimately- it's not a 10 out of 10. Because and this it- is my problem because I walked out of the cinema and I went, I feel like it should be a 10 based on how much I enjoyed that film and how much it achieved what it wanted to. But but yeah, like if you're saying that the, the most a film can do is not only entertain you, but, you know, maybe touch something in you or tell you something about the human condition. Look, it's not yeah. doing that. So I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. I'm giving it a 9. And I, I have to say something here. 
I was shocked because, you know, we're coming up to the end of the year. We always do our top five of the year. And so I've been trying to keep track. This has knocked off better films. Like in terms of, like you were saying, films that make you feel something, make you think something. This is knocked off one of the- This is currently in my top five of the year. It's currently in my top five. Yeah. It is so, so good. My top five is currently six. I don't know which one's getting knocked off. <laughs> Can it be ready or not? Because it wasn't that good. I, I think it will be ready or not. Yeah. If ready or not is there and this isn't, I will attack you. I will physically <laughs> attack you. Well, I I still think you missed- I still think you missed a bit of ready or not because- I think it was deeper than you think, and it was pretty damn entertaining as well. No, it wasn't that good, mate. Oh, <laughs> that's nuts. that was that was the only problem with it <laughs> is that it was a middling film. I mean, the best movie I've seen this year is and will probably remain Seven Samurai. <laughs> Alrighty, what are we getting to next week, buddy? Mate, it's a long way away. <laughs> we are recording a little bit in advance for those who uh, next week. We're doing something, again, you, I hope you made notes because you watched it a while ago. We're getting to The Irishman. The Irishman. You were I lucky, caught it in cinemas. You, you were lucky enough to get to an advanced screening. I was not, so I'm waiting for Netflix. I'm excited to see it. And I still don't know what you thought about it. This is probably the longest we've gone without discussing a movie that one of us has seen. Set aside half a day. <laughs> Settle in. <laughs> it, it's shorter than Seven Samurai, isn't it? It's about the same. Oh, jeez. It might be longer. Oh, jeez. Well, there's no intermission, no so- int- Yeah, yeah. So, it probably is longer. Oh. All right. Well, that's what we'll be getting to next week. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie. He just starts, you know, poking it in and out.